You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody. We're, uh, Richard's on the road and, uh, I'm, uh, on the road reporting, and we're in Beckley, West Virginia. We're at the AACA Eastern Spring Nationals, and what a what a change in weather! So we went from the 90s, and uh, this morning I got up. It was 58 degrees with a nice brisk breeze blowing, and uh, the high today 67. So Richard, by the time you get here. Uh, it ought to be about 60, 63 or 4, so perfect for you. Nice. That sounds great. Hey, you would not believe what I just saw. I'm what? On what? Interstate, I'm on Interstate 81 heading north. I'm just south of Bristol, Tennessee, and I saw a giant field full of mini cows. Mini cows, huh? Now, I know what you're going to say. City boy doesn't know a calf from a cow. I know what a calf is. I like veal. But these were cows the size of a medium-sized dog. You know, mini cows. There were hundreds of them. i never seen that before. I am, like, amazed what you see out in the country. Are you you sure? You haven't been drinking this morning, right? No, no, I, I... I'm telling you, mini cows. I've never seen them. Mini cows. Okay. Well, that's nice, Richard. That's nice. I'm (laughs) glad you're enjoying the mini cows. (laughs) I thought you were going to say a field full of mini coopers or something. (laughs) I wish. I wish. But these were mini cows. It's like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. So, what kind of cars are on the show field this morning? Anything really good, like you know, Triumphs? Well, we've got some uh, some British iron out there uh, from where I'm situated currently. Um, let's see, looks like we've got a really nice looking 60, 62 Thunderbird Roadster. Uh, there was a really cool. Um, I guess it was. What, late, late would have been late fifties, I guess, early sixties. Uh, Vespa two two cylinder two cycle um, in gray, little convertible that just buzzed by. It would have fit in the bed of my pickup truck. Um, so we've got a lot of really cool stuff, and it's all all situated down here in in downtown Beckley, West Virginia. And uh, if you're within driving distance. You've still got plenty of time to get here. The show the cars don't have to be on the show field till eleven o'clock, and they'll be out there until three. We're not expecting any bad weather, so uh, if you're nearby, you should come down and, and check it out today. Where where is the exact location? Is it at a hotel? The Waldorf? No, we're we are we are literally. In the downtown area, uh, the city of Beckley has uh, really opened their arms to us, and they sh- shut off the streets out there uh, in downtown Beckley, and the cars are actually parked all around in uh, downtown Beckley, which is nicely restored. 
and uh, the mayor of Beckley is here uh, mixing it up and welcoming everybody personally. Uh, it, it's really a nice touch. So it's going to be a great day. Good, good. I can't be, wait, I'll probably be there in about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Okay. I'm going to set my watch on that. Um, yeah, you the, know, uh, yesterday, yesterday I got new tires for my Mini Cooper. And it's amazing how a car feels so much nicer with new tires versus tires that had 50,000, 60,000 miles on them and were almost there. Man, this car rides great today. I love it. I should have got the tires sooner, but I was too cheap. I didn't want to spend the money. Well, you know, I'm not going to say anything. That's a, a, a quite an intro there, but uh, and I'll bet you it was a little bit painful because the tires cost a little more this time than they did last time. Of course, you probably went to like the used tire store last time, uh, you know. But <laughs> yeah, no, I got some brand new Uniroyals, you know, 105 dollars each, and this in Knoxville, uh, when you buy new tires from them. Every 5,000 miles, they will rebalance your tires and rotate them for the life of the tire for free. I mean, come on. That is free. Customer service. Yes, free. We love free. Free. <laughs> so, so you and I were talking the other day about um, painting cars and, you know, of course, there's a lot that goes into it. You do a a, a partial repaint, a full repaint, so you can keep it original and try to preserve the paint. Uh, people do their own painting. Some people get a professional paint job, and then others just go for the full restoration. Sometimes they change colors. Sometimes they keep the color the same. You know, it's a lot of, lot of uh, decisions to be made, and uh, people have a lot of different tastes. You know, I know that, you know, things change as far as colors are concerned. Uh, you know, back in the late 60s, early 70s, um, really well. And, you know, as far as greens go, green was really popular for a long, long time, all the way up through probably the 70s, 80s. Uh, Uh, gentlemen, if you can hear me, we just lost power here, and uh, part of it's come back on, but not all of it. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and uh, Georgia Power got us one more time, or Biden did, one or the other. And uh, we're in the middle of the classic car show, but uh, we have lost power. And uh, our backup is only good for so long, so um, we will, if we get power restored, we'll be back. If we don't, uh, it's uh, something we have to live with. Okay, folks, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Georgia Power, either Georgia Power or uh, Brandon got us. I'm not sure which, but one of them. And uh, 
we lost total power with a lot of loud noises going on. And uh, it wasn't transformers blowing. I don't know what was blowing, but something was. So anyway, we're back uh, with Tom and Richard. And uh, Tom, whatever your great story was, tell it again. (laughs) I don't know that I can, uh, you know, uh, compete with the apocalypse there at the studio uh but uh you know hopefully everybody heard about richard's story uh, uh, about the uh, all the mini cows yes we heard the, the mini cows and i cows <laughs> so um no we were just talking about you know cars and paint jobs and painting and the, you know whether to repaint if you repaint do you go back with the original colors um, do you change the color? All of those things that are involved with it. And I was talking about, uh, you know, we, Richard mentioned the fact that, you know, depending on the rarity of the car, you, you know, you may want to keep it and go back to the original. And I was talking about a 70 AMC machine that I had bought and someone had painted it blue. Um, they did offer a solid color blue in the machine towards the end of production. Most of the original ones were striped and had, they were white with stripes and blue. And anyhow, once I started decoding everything, it turned out that this car, particular car, was a Matador red uh, machine. So it was one of those later production uh, solid color cars, Matador red, blacked out hood, blacked out grill. And, uh, you know, so I was thrilled to death, really, because it was fairly rare. By most estimates, uh, and 40 of those were produced, so I was really tickled. But what really made the difference, of course, I went back with the Matador Red because of its rarity. But as, as Richard was saying, I think uh, you said you had covered one uh, in Hemming's Muscle Machines, I guess. Yeah, back around... Uh 2004, when we shortly after we launched Hemmings Muscle Machine, I drove down to Seekonk, Massachusetts, which is south of Boston, near Rhode Island, and uh, this lady had a well-restored uh, matador, and it was that deep red. And it was it's, it's a great red because there's like no orange in it. It's a deep blood red. Black, black hood, black interior, and uh, that Rebel machine looked, no, it was a machine, right? You have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looked awesome in that deep red color. It really did, and you have those great-looking wheels. I think they were argent silver, and uh, what a great-looking automobile. I got to tell you, you have some good taste in automobiles for a guy from uh, the 6th of Virginia. really do. You impress me every week. You know what they say, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn now and then. So, you know, <laughs> need to get you up no, to speed on all the colloquialisms of the South now. <laughs> well, you know, every time you see a machine, it's always red, white, and blue. You know, right. white with the red stripes. And uh, the one at the Greenbrier this past year was a silver blue, which I've never seen before. And that was a good-looking car, too. But the Matador Red, that is a great color. You know, you know yeah, gentlemen, I have to say. do you all know where this uh, Matador Red came from? And uh, 
It is our theme song from Texas Tech, the Matador song. And the Matador is our uh, logo, basically. And right, Indeed. That's Texas Tech Matador. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw Texas that in for Tech nothing. Matador. Yep. Well, maybe we need to find you like a uh, 74, 75 Matador coupe to drive around in, you know? It would be I, appropriate for you, David. I could put a Texas Tech yeah, sticker like on it. Yeah, maybe like an Ole Cassini edition. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that would work out well. So the, anyways, I, I was really, really, really pleased. But you were talking about the the machine, and I know we're digressing on the AMC machines. Of the, I, you know, I hate that. But uh, the one at the Greenbrier was also a vinyl roof car, which is really, really rare. Did not make many of those with vinyl roof at all. So uh, that was a one rare car. But I, I was talking just before the apocalypse occurred there uh, in Atlanta about the fact that, you know, when you choose to repaint your car, if you're just going to do a repaint, you're not going to do a full restoration. I'm one of those people, though, that I feel like you should take everything off the car that you can possibly get off. Whether you're doing the job, whether you're having it done, take as much off as possible because the less that you have to tape up um, when it comes to gaskets, when it comes to trim pieces, and all of that, the less the opportunity is going to be for you to, you know, have it puddle up along those areas, and then when you pull the tape back off, you end up pulling some of the paint, or and you end up with a situation where there's no paint coverage whatsoever, and your original color is bleeding through. It just looks awful. It's like uh, walking out of the restroom with uh, toilet paper stuck to your shoe, as far as I'm concerned. You know, <laughs> do the door jams. Do one to the hood. The do it inside the trunk. There is nothing worse than opening up a car door and seeing a different color in the door jams. That just shows that not only were you cheap, you didn't want to buy the extra paint to paint the door jams, but how lazy could you be? You know what I'm saying? That's the first thing oh, you see when you open up the second car, the door jams. Come on, folks. Paint those door well, jams. Even, even Richard spends the extra money to clean, to paint the door jams. So, you know, you got to get that done. But definitely, you know, you, you need to get as much off as possible because otherwise you're going to end up, you know, with the paint lifting around the gaskets or showing through and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, the other thing, too, you know, a lot of people are very eager to paint their cars, and uh, originality is, is really in these days, and a lot of people appreciate uh, preservation. Uh, I'm one of those people that I, I collect a number of things. I collect a antique radios, and 30, 40 years ago, the thing to do was to strip those down to, you know, bare wood and bring them all the way back up. And sometimes that's the only way you can do it. But by taking off the original finish, it was, if it was in good condition and sanding it all down and then doing it completely, you're hurting the value of it. If you, if it's in good condition, then you just clean it up, polish it up and make it look good. And that's the same for cars. If you've got a, a 
original paint job that you can bring back and make it look presentable, you don't want to paint it if it's the original original paint. Right. I mean, there are a lot of things you could do to bring paint back. If your car is showing some primer, leave it. Don't paint over the primer because that shows other people how honest your car is. It shows that the car has never been in an accident or has had damage. Uh, that's like a badge of courage, you know. You want to keep that. But uh, there was a furniture polish called Formby's. It was like a gel. It brings back, you know, furniture, the wood, and uh, it restores it by putting all these nutrients in the wood. I use that on a red triumph of mine because we know red kind of just doesn't last as long as some of the other colors, especially in the sun. And I covered that whole car with Form B's furniture polish. I left it for 24 hours and then I buffed it out by hand. Man, that red came back. It looked fantastic and it lasted like six months. So you don't always need to repaint your car. You know, just take the time, do some research, and you'd be surprised how furniture polish really works because it, it, there's so many, you know, uh, nutrients, shall we say, in those formulas to revive the wood. And if it's good for wood, it's good for paint. You'll be amazed, folks. I uh, was uh, thinking about something else, you know, on a sidebar. Uh, particularly in light of the fact that we got we're uh, shortened on our time uh, due to the uh, Atlanta apocalypse. There, uh, David fortunately survived. So, uh, but right now, uh, and I, you and I hadn't had a chance to talk about this, but I, I've been talking to people in the past several weeks, and a number of people. Uh, one person fell for it couple of others nearly fell for it but there are scams out there going on right now and you know when you're looking to buy a car and you can get it at a really really good price and you see it for sale whether it's on craigslist or or whether it's on facebook marketplace or it's online somewhere and it just looks like it's too good to be true Think about it. It probably is too good to be true. Um, a lot of people, and I, I saw several of these uh, this week when I was looking through ads where, you know, like a, a 67 Mustang Fastback with 70,000 miles on it with a beautiful original interior and a nice presentable original paint, and it's priced at only sixteen five. And it I looks gorgeous. You and saw it too. Had, yes, and I said to myself, "Gee, that's like twenty thousand below value. Something ain't right." Yep, exactly. No, it's 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 a scam. So what these people do is somebody sees that ad, they get all pumped up, their adrenaline starts rolling. They immediately contact this person and tell them, you know, I, I, I want that car. And, you know, I know what they're thinking. They're looking at the pictures and they're going, you know what? Heck, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pull the trigger on this because I don't want to get it, want it to get away. It's such a bargain. Even if I've got to spend five or six or seven thousand dollars on it, it's still a steal. 
And so you're so hyped up about it that you, when you contact the person and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to hold it for anybody, you know, you, it, but if you wire me a deposit, substantial deposit or pay me for the car, you know, it, it'll be yours and, and we'll take care of it. And it'll be, you won't have to worry about someone else buying it out from under you. So anyhow, uh, I knew a guy, a uh, a 66 or 67 VW bus came up on one of these sites and it was in decent original condition, no rust, original interior and everything, um, for like $6,500. And he, 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 he was so hyped up. He sent them a $2,000 deposit and poof, gone. Um, you know, it's very difficult when you wire money, you need to be absolutely certain of who you're wiring it to. It's not like using a credit card where, you know, you can contest the charge. Most of the time, the credit card company will find in the favor of the card holder. Um, with something like this, you wire that money. You're not getting it back. It's gone. Um, another tip yeah. off is, is if you, Go ahead. You know, you're right about bringing this up, this subject. When I worked at Hemmings Motor News, we had one woman who her whole job was to deal with fraud. And you'd be surprised, even in Hemmings, they would put in ads just like what you just said, way below value. And people didn't want to spend four or $500 on a plane ticket to fly somewhere to look at a car for $40,000. So they just wire five or $10,000, and boom, the money's gone. So we had all these fraud cases going, and we and she would deal with the local state troopers. We, she even called in the FBI in some cases, and she was a moderator to, to solve some of these issues, but I don't think there was any cases where the people were able to get their money back. So... It's better to spend a few dollars and travel to see the car than uh, send them money blindly. Just don't do it. You know, uh, one thing I did, so I guess it's been a couple of years now, um, an ad showed up online um, for an estate liquidation. And the families, supposedly, as it was represented, families liquidating the estate. And there was a... Uh, there were a couple of cars in there that I was interested in. So what I did was I called them, talked to them. Everything seemed legitimate. They were able to send me pictures and so forth. That's easy to do, though. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm still a little bit nervous about this. The price was very good on the, on the cars, very good price on the cars, and to the point where it did make me wonder. So what I did... I looked up uh, car clubs in the area. I just put in the in the town. I punched in the car clubs. I got the name of the car club. I started Googling the car clubs until I found the name of the president of the local car club. And I just called them. And I just said, hey, you know, you don't know me. My name's such and such and so and so. And these people are representing a car there for sale. And I just want to know if by some chance, 
you're it's a you know if you knew about these cars at all because i'm i'm thinking about buying them i don't want to make a mistake and spend my money and then lose it and uh the guy turns around to me and he goes oh yeah that car i know that car in fact if if I hadn't had bills, that car would be in my garage instead of on your radar screen. And, uh, you know, totally put me at ease. He's like, you know, great family and, and so on and so forth. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger and, and sent the wire. And, uh, of course, the car turned out to be even better than was described to me. So, I mean, and it was a great deal. And I mean, it was a Richard Lentinello kind of deal. That's, how, that's how, how good that deal was. And... Uh, you know, so if you do your homework and you are cautious and you don't let your heart get ahead of your brain, you can still get a good deal out there and save and yourself a lot of heartache. And we're um, going to take a break, getting, gentlemen. Getting ripped off. I think we know, got a we got a break coming up. I think you got it. We'll Hold that break. thought. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor you're listening to america's web radio on the america's broadcast network.com thank you for listening and now back to the classic car show on america's web radio with tom cox and richard lentinello and we're back um, we were just talking about all the frauds and schemes, and I, I, I want to say something, too, about parts. You know, they've gotten really smart, the con, con men out there gotten really smart, and they realize now that certain parts, rare parts, um, are very valuable. So, like, fuel in, you know, late 50s GM fuel injection setups, things of that nature. And they're advertising those, and they're advertising them for cheap, cheap prices. So, it's not just the cars, but it's also the accessories and the parts. If it looks like it's too good to be true, it may very well be too good to be true. Do your homework, bite around the edges, see what you can find out or figure out or see if you can get in touch with somebody that actually knows the person that's selling it. Um, 
that's another good reason to, and as we've always said, joining a club, a club especially like AACA that has 50,000 members. If, if you become a part of the club, then you can go in on the forums and on the Facebook pages and actually reach out to other members, and you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to go if you're, you know, the car's 10 states over. You'd be surprised at how many people would be willing to hop in their car and go over and take a look and check out a car for you, too. It's another great reason to belong to a club. And, and you know, there's, there are lots of scams, like you said, going on, but there are also scams going on for people who are selling cars, not just buying cars. And that happened to me last year when I put my 63 Corvair Monza up for sale and some guy called me up and he wanted to pay me $3,000 over I was asking, but he wanted me to wire him $3,000 so he could make the trip to come and get the car. (laughs) 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 So You didn't just fall off the stoop, huh? No, I didn't fall off no stoop. I was on the fifth step. He couldn't fool me. But let me tell you something. I had this guy going. I told him, hey, pal, I'll give you $3,000. $3, I said, but I will hand it to you in cash when you ring the bell to my house. <laughs> and, of course, he never showed up. So there are scams with people who are buying cars, selling cars, new, new old stock parts, especially new old stock parts, because they know how valuable they are now. So, uh, yeah, just be careful. And being the New Yorker that I am, we don't trust anybody. Even the people out in the country, we don't trust anybody, and there's a reason for that. So you got to be careful, folks. Watch it. No, they're out there. and But, again, most of the people are great, but, uh, you know, we can't say... Emphasize it strongly enough. I know there are people listening that say, you know, gosh, I'm not a joiner. I don't want to deal with a club, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to pay dues, what have you. It's cheap insurance, folks, and it's a great entree into uh, finding out all sorts of stuff, not just technical information. It can save you money, save you from getting scammed, find your car through a network of really good dedicated hobbyists rather than from some internet ad somewhere not to say that you can't get good stuff off the internet i've done it myself um so rich last week we were talking i brought up a new fire extinguisher that is now being uh used you know years ago um everybody was using halon because it was clean car enthusiasts that is because it was really clean it didn't leave a lot of residue didn't leave any residue really um but then it got sideways with EPA, so no more halon fire extinguishers. And so for the longest time, uh, the real alternative out there for everybody, the only alternative was the dry chemical fire extinguisher. And if you've ever used one of those on an engine fire, that white powder, it gets into every nook and cranny, it gets in everywhere, and you've got to get it off, too, because it's uh, corrosive. And so not only is it a big mess, but if you don't get it out of there quickly and get it out all out of there, then you're going to end up with corrosion issues after the fact. Um, 
and a number of people had asked me uh, where they could find out more about this fire extinguisher, which is a water-based fire extinguisher that puts out a foam. Um, it actually puts the fire out in a conventional ma- manner, but it also lowers the temperature of the fire very quickly as well as opposed to the uh, uh, dry chemical. So it's got several things working for it. But uh, the cool thing about this product is, is once you've used it, you can spray it off with water. So you put your fire out, and instead of spending three days trying to get that white junk out from under your hood, you just, with this stuff, you just take it, hose it out of there, and it's gone, and it's non-corrosive, so you really don't have to worry about it. And it's competitively priced. It's within a few bucks of, literally a few bucks of what the uh, dry chemical extinguishers cost. And you can find out more about it, um, and, and this is not a commercial we hope maybe maybe they'll become a sponsor of ours but uh, this is more of a public service announcement because this is just good stuff uh for the hobby but uh you can go to www.fireaid spelled a-d-e dot com www.fireaid spelled a-d-e dot com and and check it out it's uh it's it's cool stuff and it'll save you a whole lot of time. And as Richard and I have always said, carry a fire extinguisher always in your car whenever you're out on the road um, because you only know. Like like uh, I posted something just this past week on our Facebook page, on the uh, Classic Car Facebook page. I was giving a check over to my uh, 59 Oldsmobile before taking it out. And I just grabbed onto a fuel line, pushed on it a little bit. And uh, it had some residual pressure still on the line from where I had backed it out of the garage. And when I did, it sprayed fuel. And the, the fuel line was not but three years or less old. And it came from a reputable auto parts supply. Um, but obviously, it was not good quality fuel line. It was probably, you know, made in China. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Well, and, uh, that's an old, you know. Ethanol gas eats rubber if it's not the new reformulated rubber lines. And the ethanol fuel will eat the older rubber lines. They will eat the rubber diaphragms in like Stromberg carburetors and things like that. So that ethanol is, is, you know, is good and bad. And that's the bad side of it. So, yeah, you got to upgrade all your rubber fuel lines uh, with the more modern uh, stuff that is yeah. Now this was so I'm going to say that you know for point of clarification two things for me and absolutely what you're saying is absolutely right Richard but two things this was the modern upgraded formulary for fuel line resistant to ethanol and I don't run ethanol fuel in my car uh, lucky for me what? The Walmart that's 20 minutes from the house uh, sells ethanol free, and uh, you pay a little more for it, but that's what I run in there. So this was just crummy fuel line. So, I mean, I can only imagine if you're running ethanol in it, it probably would have fallen apart far before uh, the three years, roughly, that I had it. Um, Yeah, you know, ethanol is also ruining a lot of uh, floats in carburetors. 
because the old floats are made of this certain hard plastic, and after a while, soaking in ethanol fuel, it, it's corroding it, so to speak, and it's putting in pinholes and stuff in the floats. Right. And before you right. it's not working, and then, you know, the carburetor overflows, the gas goes on to your exhaust manifold, and bang, boom, it's gone. Boom. So... Boom, yeah, you're done. Were, Unless you have a fire were, aid, fire extinguisher. Right. So you also <laughs> want to check it's upgrading your floats. There are these, these new formulated plastics that are available now. So uh, check into that. Yeah. So, well, so for my solution, I, I did a little bit of research and uh, on the different fuel fuel lines that are available out there, and I ordered... Gentlemen, uh, Gentlemen uh, we'll see if we're we'll back see on. If we're back on. And, uh, and uh, are you there? Yes, yes, we can hear you just fine. I okay. think we're back. Okay. At least it seems like we are. We're back, folks. <laughs> nor rain, nor sleet, nor gloom of night, nor power company failures. We're back. So um, we were going to talk about uh, best car purchase stories. But since we've got such an abbreviated time here and we have some pretty cool stories, I think what we'll do, Richard, is just hold those until uh, – Next week, when the uh, power company is more cooperative and we're not keep, not continually uh, upstaged by them, what do you say about that? That's a good move. Good. This way, I can be relaxing, <laughs> and driving, and come up with more looking, f- searching for mini cows as you drive. Oh man! You know, oh, it's so cool. Well, you know what? I, I know you've got, you know, all those wiener dogs um, at home. You know, adding a mini cow would probably be just the thing. And, and I, <laughs> knowing your wife, I could probably place a phone call to her and uh, just chat chat it up a little bit and uh, maybe get you a mini cow. You know, my wife's from Vermont, and I told her about the mini cows, and she was like, because I saw them a few weeks ago, too. And uh, she goes, what are you talking about? You think <laughs> sure I do. I know a full-size cow, I know a mini cow. When I see one, and I saw one. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> no, you need, you need one. So you and I were sharing uh, a couple of days ago a uh, car that came up for sale. It's going to be our pick of the week. And it's a 64 Studebaker Cruiser sedan in green, a nice green, though, and not one of those obnoxious, dull, you know, avocado greens like your grandmother's refrigerator, but a very pleasant green um, with a green interior, um, 259 Studebaker V8. Um, in 64, they dropped production and uh, shifted it from uh, South Bend to Ontario. 
and this car has the Studebaker engine in it. You can tell that it's uh, was an earlier 64 car and was built in uh, South Bend because it has a two-tone steering wheel. That's the, the one of the determining things if you're looking, uh, just looking at it and not doing heavy research. Um, the uh, steering wheels on the late 64s that came out of Ontario were all white. So we know this one came from South Bend. It's in a U.S.-made car, 259 with an automatic, and it's got air conditioning as well. Um, so pretty pretty good stuff. Only 58,000 miles on the clock and appears to have no rust. Original interior. Um, the interior looks great. It does look like the lower lower seat cushion on the front on the driver's side probably needs to be repaired um but i wouldn't replace the whole thing i'd pull the seat out i'd take the upholstery shop and just have them uh you know repair the bolsters and and whatever else they needed to do with the seat but just on the bottom but man it looks good that's a really good looking car 50 some thousand miles and six thousand bucks asking price and where you get that's cheap richard cheap 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 we love that that is a great deal i mean that's not much more than filling up a tank of gas today and you get a whole (laughs) (laughs) cheap cars are good and uh those studebaker uh Cheap cars are good. Those those Studebaker sweepstakes engines too. They were pretty thrifty too. So you know, just think about that. You're going to save money on the car, and you're going to get a car that uh, is probably going to return pretty decent gas mileage too. You know, I, I don't know about you, but every time I hear the word or see a Studebaker, I think of Frank Zappa. <laughs> really? Yeah, Frank Zappa had an album called Another Band from L.A. and this one song. The chorus was Studebaker Hawk. He does it. He's really out of sight. Studebaker Hawk. He does it every night. Studebaker Hawk. He's really out of sight. <laughs> I got. I got. I got to get a look. I got. I got to look that up. I mean, of course, you know. Within, I think of Frank Zampa. I think. Uh, uh, look out where the Huskies go, and don't you eat that yellow snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking about Studebakers. <laughs> He was great. He was great. Another pick from L.A. That was Galvin. <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, no, the 64 Studebaker, I don't know about you, but I, I really liked the facelift in 1964. Uh, Brooke Stevens executed a what I thought was a really, really good job um, in uh, re- re- doing a, a really neat and probably low-cost redesign of the uh, Duncan McRae uh, Lark design, uh, that came out in 58. So, uh, you know, it's kind of ran, ran its course 58 to 63. Studebaker didn't have a lot of money and they hired Brooke Stevens to uh, do a facelift. And I thought it was a really good looking car. Which, which is rare for Brooke Stevens because every time he touched a car, he made it look worse. I mean, I think he was an <laughs> absolute awful, he was an awful car designer. Awful. He was <laughs> He was a wonderful industrial design, but when it came to automobiles, oy vey, he wrecked them. He wrecked them. They were awful. 
Well, I t- I'll tell you another good one, though. I'll give you two good ones, okay? So the Studebaker facelift of 64, and then there's also um, when the um, Kaiser sold the Arrow Willies dies to, uh, what is it, Kaiser Brazil, uh, Kaiser Willies Brazil. Yep. So Brooke Stevens was hired to do the restyle on that. And uh, that actually turned out really well as well. Looked really, really good. I, you know, so I don't know. I agree with you in general. He had some pretty ugly stuff, but uh, the the restyle on the Studebaker and the restyle on the Willie's Arrow. I don't know. I think he knocked it out of the park for what he had to work with. Did a good job. He did. He did. That's a good looking Studebaker. It's handsome. I, I like the grill, conservatively styled. It has just a nice appearance about it. And uh, I wouldn't mind owning one of those cars, you know. I, I, I just like Studebaker's, always have. And if you're ever in South Bend, Indiana, please visit the Studebaker Museum. It is a worth your visit. There is just some fabulous Studebaker automobiles there. You will you will just love it. Love it, love it. Um, and you're right. I've been there, I don't know, probably four or five times. And I enjoy it. Every time I go, uh, it's it's just as exciting as the first time I walked in the door there. And there's always neat history that you read about that you didn't really have any idea um, um, existed. Really, really a, a great place, um, the Studebaker Museum. And since we're on Studebakers, I have to do a shout-out. Studebaker Drivers Club, one of the most active independent mark clubs out there uh turning wheels their publication um it's one of the best independent mark publications out there um i'm always amazed um man the studebaker people they just stick together and uh, they do a lot of good stuff um you know and there's a lot of parts uh you know several companies bought all the stock from Studebaker, as opposed to what happened to American Motors when uh, Lee Iacocca bought them out. Uh, most of the parts that were in the warehouses in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when Chrysler bought them out and ceased AMC production, they scrapped it all, kept it out of the marketplace and just scrapped it. Uh, whereas when, when Studebaker went out, um, various people came in and actually bought up the parts. And uh, right. same thing happened for Hupmobile and Graham. I cannot think of the guy's name, but all the way back in the 40s, this guy bought all these parts and then moved them to Auburn, Indiana. And I actually went through that, had the uh, privilege of going through that warehouse full of old Graham and Hupmobile parts um, wow. up there before uh, before it was all sold off. Um, it's just amazing to be able to go in there and find all this new old stock stuff. I, I bought a bunch of stuff for a uh, 39 uh, Hubmobile Model E that I have. Um, and brand new stuff. Just amazing. Even door hinge screws and everything that were plated. Just, just cool stuff. But anyway, I digress. Studebaker Drivers Club, great organization. The museum's fantastic. And this Studebaker Cruiser is top of the line. I mean, it's a cushy car. And we will post it up there on our Facebook page 
um, later on later on today. Okay, we got thirty seconds. Thirty seconds left. Right. Richard, take it away. All right, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. I'm about an hour and a half away from the AACA meet in Beckley, West Virginia. And come on out. I hope to see you there. Have a great weekend, folks. Get off the couch. Get in the garage. We'll see you next week. Hopefully the power will be on. Take care. Does this mean I have to pay the bill? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) See you all. Thanks for a good show, and I'm sorry about all the problems, but uh, that's good old Georgia Power and, and Joe Biden. Okay. I think it was Biden. I think so, too. Or Putin, maybe. (laughs) May have been Putin. There there you go. We're we're Putin. (laughs) You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.